Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. All righty, let's do it. First Corinthians chapter six. Welcome everybody. It's Monday, August the 9th, 2021. And we are continuing our journey through the book of letter of first Corinthians. And um, which is part of our larger journey through the New Testament. And so today we come to first Corinthians chapter six. Um, thanks for joining us. Thanks for being here. Um, we're right in the middle in, in terms of the context of um, chapter six uh, in the book of Corinthians, the he's Paul's dealing with a very immature church. They have come to follow Christ, but they are very immature. Uh, they look a lot like the world looks. And so while they have had a genuine conversion and in, in, encounter uh, with Jesus, their lifestyle is still very immature. To the degree that it still looks like the world and so paul's like he's having to address um some issues in the church and the interesting thing is they think they're super spiritual <laughs> they're very immature but they they boast as if they have achieved some sort of spiritual height and paul's trying to bring them back to reality and show them that no you actually it's it's not good the way you're living out your faith you should become more like Jesus, not more like the world. There should be a difference. You shouldn't be invisible to the world in terms of, uh, or indistinguishable. Your lives should not be indistinguishable. They should stand out. So Friday, um, if you missed it, you might want to go check it out. But Friday, we dealt with chapter five, which is really, uh, there was uh, presumably a guy sleeping with his stepmother in the church and they're boasting about it. Like, look how spiritual we are. We let anybody do anything. Aren't we awesome? Paul's like, no, you're not awesome. You're immature <laughs> and, you, and stop it. <laughs> uh, and, and even goes to the point of telling the church that they need to expel uh, that guy from the church because he's causing uh, the whole church to go uh, down. So, well, Kind of more of the same, not the same topic, but the same uh, the same idea that Paul addressing um, some issues in the church appears in chapter six as well. So, all right, you know, what we do we read, we pray, we change the world. So let's read and we'll just break it down as we go through it. Welcome, everybody. Good morning, Jerry. If any of you has a dispute with another, do not dare to take it before the ungodly for the judgment instead of before the Lord's people. So, you know, if you have a, a matter of dispute with a brother um, or sister in the church, um, why do you, do you dare take that matter to the legal system? Can't you deal with it yourselves? Or do you not know that the Lord's people will judge the world? So, He's saying, why can't you, you know, you're, you're, you're ruining the witness of uh, Christ by 
taking these disputes, A, you shouldn't be cheating each other. You shouldn't be having those kind of things happening anyway. But when they do, when there are disagreements and even um, uh, offenses, why aren't you dealing with these in the church? And if you are to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial cases? Like if, if God has given the church that much authority and that much has a such that such a, a, a huge place in his plan for the church, can't we at least work things out? If you disagree about a charge, you know, I'm thinking about like maybe someone in the church gets uh, someone to do some work for them and, you know, maybe the work is uh, maybe not up to their standard. Can't you deal with that? Can't you work that out? You got to go to court, got to sue them. Come on. Um, why? Because it, you know, you go to before the court, before go for the judge, and the judge says, hey, how do you guys know each other? Uh, how'd you find each? How'd you find? Oh, he goes to church with me. All those things you've been saying about him, how often terrible and a swindler and a cheat and a rascal he is. And wait, you, you sit, you'll go to Sunday school together. <laughs> you see what that does to the testimony of the church that you can't work those things out. Mm, I don't know if I'm going to go to that church. Man. Do you not know, verse 3, do you not know that we will judge angels? That's an interesting thing, right? Judging angels. Um, not that we're going to like, I don't like you, angel. <laughs> but I think it's the idea. I think it's the idea of what um, Scripture teaches is that um, when we are in heaven, we will be higher than the angels. There's you know, this hierarchy. Um uh, when it talked about Jesus, it says Jesus in Hebrew, it talks about Jesus became a little lower than the angels. Um, and that was when he became a man. He existed in, a, in a, a superior place to angels. But when he became a human being, he became a little lower than the angels for a season until he was um, exalted back to the right hand of the father. So uh, I think this is just kind of, uh, again, saying um, elevating God's plan for God's people. And God's, um, uh, our ability, our, uh, our worth, our, our competency. How much more the things of this life? So if you're going to one day judge angels, can't you just figure things out here? Therefore, if you have disputes about such matters, do you ask for a ruler from those whose way of life is scorned in the church? So you're going to go to ungodly um, judges, not necessarily they're bad judges. He doesn't mean here that they're bad judges. They don't do their job well. He's just talking about they don't they don't know Jesus. So you're going to someone who is unsaved to, to um, judge matters between two people who love Jesus? No, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. I say this to shame you. <laughs> Paul's like, yeah, let me just cut to the chase while I'm saying this. I'm saying this because you should be ashamed of yourself. This is not the way it ought to be. Um, is it possible that there is nobody among you wise enough to judge a dispute between believers? Y'all guys have been bragging about how, how spiritually mature you are and about how wise you are and how you've reached this spiritual height. You're trying to tell me in a congregation like you, like you, like you got there going on that you've been talking about, bragging about, there's nobody in the congregation that can judge disputes. Come on. But instead, verse 6, one brother takes another brother to court. 
and this in front of the unbelievers. It's like the Christian tearing each other up. Paul says it can't be that way. You can't be tearing each other up. Work your disputes out. Verse 7. The very fact that you have lawsuits among you means that you have been completely defeated already. You've already lost. I'm going to take that brother to court and I'm going to win. No, you've already lost. You've already lost. If you've taken it to court, you've already lost. You're going to be, you're, you're defeated already. Why not rather be wronged? Why not rather be cheated? Be, be, Paul's making rhetorical, right? Would rather be wrong and be cheated than, than to be already defeated by, by, by living with, by dealing with the fact that you, you can't work on your issues in the church. Now, again, this is assuming both parties are followers of Christ and devoted to Jesus and want to do the right thing. Verse 9. Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? So don't cheat people. Don't rob people. Cheat people fairly. Pay them what you owe them. Don't be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, Paul laid out a whole bunch of sins there. He's like saying, this is not, this, this is not what should be descriptive or uh, indicative of the, king, of the children of God. You can't be an idolater. You can't be adulterers. You can't be guys having sex with guys or women with women, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers. And none of that's not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Now, pause. Sometimes I think in our culture, we read this, we're like, oh man, what kind of, what kind of homophobic situation was the church in right there? They so homophobic. Look, 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 you read, when you, we do that, we're reading our stuff into their stuff. In Rome, homosexuality was everywhere. It wasn't, it wasn't um, this weird secret thing. No, 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 no. This wasn't Puritan America. No. It was like, in fact, get this. It is believed that of the Roman Caesars, 14 out of 15 were either homosexual or bisexual. It was pervasive. There was no like, like the, like the homosexual community was like some sort of minor uh, uh, minority. No, no, no. It was everywhere. And Paul says in the midst of this, it's not a popular position to take because it's everywhere. And sometimes people will say, dude, you're crazy. But Paul says, look, in the kingdom of God, there is a sexual standard for people in the kingdom of God. Neither, sex, neither the sexually immoral or idolaters nor adulterers nor men having sex with men nor thieves nor the greedy nor drunkards nor slanderers nor swindlers, all of those people, none of those will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, it doesn't mean that if you've ever had a single uh, immoral act, 
or you've ever had a singular homosexual act, or you've ever once in your life been drunk, or you've ever slandered anyone, or you're, you've ever been greedy, or you've ever uh, maybe swindled someone in your whole life. If you've ever done that one time, you'll never inherit the kingdom of God. That's not what that means. That is not what that means. What it means is someone who is, that is the definer of their life. That That is the way they live their lives. They are consistently in those sinful patterns and behaviors that will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. And watch what Paul says. And that's what some of you were, were big word there were <laughs> you were those things. You did those things. You did those sins. <laughs> and many of us, I probably all of us, a large majority of the people on this podcast this morning or afternoon, whenever you're watching it, listening to it. We've done some of those sins. Maybe we've done some of those sins a lot, but that's who we were. That can't be what defines our life now. There was no, uh, there was no, there was nothing in the Bible about, there was nothing homophobic about the Bible. Because <laughs> in New Testament era in Rome, Sexual promiscuity was everywhere. You were the weirdo if you actually had some sort of ethics around your sexual life. <laughs> so Paul is, what he's doing, he's speaking out the truth. He's telling the truth of what God's standard is. That's what some of you were. But what? But what, what happened? But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. You've been changed. You've been brought into a community that has a different standard, a standard that is called to reflect the image of God and the character and the purposes of God. Is it a perfect community? No, but it's a community that whose heart is striving to bring honor and glory to God. Verse 12. And this is them talking, right? I have the I have the right to do anything. I have the right to do anything. This is them talking. I can do whatever I want. You can't tell me what to do. You can't judge me. <laughs> you ever heard that? You, don't you try to judge me. I do whatever I want. That's what you say. You can't do anything. God gives you free will. You can do anything you want, man. You can go get drunk every night. You can go sleep with everything that moves. You can you can slander. You can swindle. You can do all that. You can do that until you until you get sick to your stomach. Go for it, man. Go crazy. You say that, but not everything's beneficial. You can do anything you want. Not everything's beneficial. Just because you can don't mean you should. Well, I have a right to do anything. I have a right to do anything I want. My right. Personal rights. Privileges. You ain't my you ain't my boss. <laughs> you ain't the boss of me. I'm myself. I'll do whatever I want. Whatever I feel like doing, I'm going to do. Yeah, you can do that. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered. Paul says, yeah, but you got to decide you're not going to be mastered by anything. You're going to be controlled. You're not going to be addicted. Verse 13. You say food for the stomach and, and the stomach for food. <laughs> that's, that's their way of saying if it feels good, do it. If it feels good, do it. Food for the stomach, stomach for the food. And God will destroy them both. <laughs> Help! 
Paul, Paul, bring the heat. Paul's like, oh. Paul, Paul, Paul saying, yeah, and God going to tear your sinful stomach up. Oh, man, I'm sorry. Uh, the body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. Again, Paul's trying to cast this vision, remind them of what they're called to. It does matter what you do with your body. We talked about that in chapter five. It's not just your spirit. It's not just your heart. It's also what you're doing with the members of your body, your mouth, what you're hearing, what you're seeing, what you're doing with your private parts. It matters. The Corinthians didn't think it mattered. No, it matters. It matters who you're sleeping with. It means it matters where you're sleeping. It does matter. Yes, it does. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. He's going to help us. By his power, uh, verse 15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? There were male uh, prostitutes everywhere in Rome. Uh, and we mentioned in a previous podcast that there were temple prostitutes. Uh, for the temple, uh, the, the goddess Aphrodite. So there were, there were male prostitutes and there were, there were female temple prostitutes. And Paul's saying, you can't keep going to the temple, man. You can't keep going to Aphrodite's temple and sleeping with the prostitutes. You can't do it. You just can't do it. You can't do it. You can't be sliding yourself over there on the, on the, on the, on the scaly side of town. Picking people up. No. Clean your dang self up and stop it. You're crazy, man. People, people it's not hurting anybody. It's just me. It's just food, stomach for food, food for the stomach. I got to meet my cravings. No, you don't. No, you don't. You need to get yourself together. That's what he's saying. God going, God ain't, God's not for that. Where are we at? Where are we at? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. You know, that's the, that's the big lie of our culture. See, the, our culture does two things with sex that are unhealthy. One, there's a the idea that sex is everything, that it's everything. And so that's how everything is sold. Sex is everything. It's the totality of a relationship. Everything is based on sex. Every, everything. And then there's people on the other sex stream that say sex is nothing. Ah, it's just, you know, it's just a, uh, it's just release. That's it. Uh, don't you, look, aren't you glad you came to the podcast this morning? <laughs> Wait, you're like, I thought this was daily prayer, man. What the heck is going on? Well, it's true though. That's what our church, that's what our world does. And that's why I'm just reading the Bible too. Just reading the Bible and what the Bible's saying. But that's our world. Our world's like, sex is everything, sex is nothing. And the Bible says both of those extremes are lies. Sex is not everything. You will never be ultimately fulfilled. The deep, every longing of your heart is not going to be fulfilled by finding the right sex partner. That's never going to happen. And it's a lie to think that the discontentment in you is because you haven't found the right sex partner yet. That's, 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 a, that's a lie. That's a lie of the enemy because sex isn't everything. There's a deep desire. Is, is sex an, an, a need and a necessity? Of course. But it will not meet the, the deepest longings of our lives. Never. And it's also a lie. Uh, that it means nothing. 
oh, it's just a physical act. Doesn't mean anything. No. Every time people have sex, there is a uniting that happens. And you can't undo it. That's what Paul is saying. He's saying the two will become one flesh. But whoever is united with the Lord is one with them in the spirit. So be united with the Lord. Not whatever crazy fool that walking around with a short skirt on. Just keeping it real, y'all. Just keeping it real. All right. Verse 18. Flee. You remember Joseph when he was in Potiphar's house? Potiphar's wife tried to accuse him of uh, of uh, making a, an advance on her. What did he do? He dropped his robe. He ran. He ran. Man, he ran. He flee. That's what I think of right here where he says, flee from sexual immorality. I visualize Joseph naked running. He running. He running. <laughs> he running away. That's what. Naked Joseph running. I'm running. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> Man, it's cold out here. <laughs> oh my goodness. All of the sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against his, their own body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? Now he's talking about individuals, right? Your individual body. Earlier he talked about the, the, the body of Christ is the temple. Now he's talking about you specifically. You, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It matters what you do with your body. Um, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. Man, I love this. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Man, so many things about that, right? I mean, not only sexually, but the things that we put in our bodies, uh, the foods that we eat, the way we treat our bodies, the things that we do with our bodies matter because what? Honor God with your body. It's a good reminder. Great reminder. All right, you guys, we got we got through it. We got through it. We got through chapter six. Tomorrow, chapter seven, and uh, we'll we'll go a little bit uh, go a little bit deeper. We'll keep on going here. Thank you guys for joining us today. You know what we do now? We got to pray. Let's pray, man. We need some prayer. That's for sure. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the word that just. I'm just reminded of your word in the the willingness of your word to go into the depth of of human reality and human sin and the muck and the mire. And you, you go there to teach us and to instruct us. God, it just reminds us of the depth that Jesus went to to save us. That you took our sin upon you, Lord. Thank you. God, help us to be, uh, to be those who honor you with our bodies. Lord, with the things we put in our bodies, the things we do with our bodies, help us to glorify you. Lord, help us to be those who stand up and speak for what you desire, not from the world, but from believers, that we as followers of Jesus, what you've called us to, Lord, help us to call each other to that standard in grace and in love and in acceptance and all those things that are important, but help us to do so unashamedly and courageously so that people might see the goodness of God. Lord, I thank you for my friends. I pray that you would bless them today. Pray that they have a great day and a great week. 
if they need things from you, if they're searching, if they're seeking, if they have challenges that they're facing, Lord, may you just uh, empower them in a great and mighty way this week. Bless them real good. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. Morning prayer. We do it every day. So we'll be going back at it tomorrow. First Corinthians chapter seven. Hope to see you there. You guys have a great day. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.